Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that's why the sermon series, the next 13 weeks, is called The Best is Yet to Come. Is there a kid's church today? All right, sorry, I'm so lost in baptism. And, and today, um, we're excited to have family worship together. And we do it first and second. Uh, second Sunday of each month, we have family worship so that you can actually model for your children or your grandchildren how to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Because sometimes what we're finding in, in culture, there's children's church, then there's youth church, and everybody wants to make it attractional so that everybody will come back. Well, we gathered this morning to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people made a choice, decided to cut their grass today, or they're going to do something else today, and we can't help that decision. I'm glad I came, aren't you, today, to gather together to hear a word from the Lord, but also to sing to Him and tell Him of His worth. And he is worthy this morning. Thankful to Mike for letting me borrow his glasses. I just snatched them on the way up because I forgot mine. Wendy has flower glasses, so I wasn't going to wear the little daisies up here. Or hers are usually broken or smudged. Now, why she and Mike get glasses, I don't know. Because usually when you get it, it's like somebody took Vaseline and put them on both lenses. But that's how they roll. So, Listen, y'all, isn't it good to be a Christian today? If you're not a Christian today, I'm sorry. And I hope that you hear the good message of Jesus Christ, the good news, and that you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. There is hope in Jesus alone. So we have hope for these days. Let's don't belabor the time. Let's get into Revelation chapter 1. If you were here this morning for Catalyst, you got a little bit of the introduction. So, And at the end of the service today, I'm going to give you a handout. Each week you're going to have some definitions, some terms. You have a little homework, if you will, that I want you to do so you'll know when we say something about the millennial time period or we talk about the millennial kingdom, you go, what is he talking about? It sounds like something from Disney. So you actually have the vocabulary of the scripture so you can actually go along with the scripture. You go, oh, I know what that means. I know what that means. It's like we say today, we say something like being born again. Does anyone know what that means? You can't be born twice physically, right? You can't be born of your mother and then born of your mother. Uh, you're born once, but the Bible says we must be born again. Jesus himself said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And we understand if we continue to read the word of God that born again simply means that your mother gave birth to you the first time, so you've got to be living. And the second time, the Spirit of God gives birth to you. You say, well, how does he do that? I don't even know how your mama does it. I mean, I know how. I was there for three of them, but I don't even know how it works, right? How everything's put together, how life comes from nothing to something and makes you and me. Isn't it amazing to think about? Your bones and your respiratory system, everything about you, your brain, even the way you look, even though some of you are a little funny sometimes than others. Look at me. I used to have hair. I used to have black hair. Can you imagine that? Black hair. This church took it all away. Town Creek took it all. I'm just kidding. I got older and older, and uh, listen, God made us who we are. How did he do it? I don't know. He says so. I believe it. But he said, you must be born again. And the Spirit of God comes to you and says, he, this is what born again means, if you want to know what it means. It means that you come to the understanding that you are a sinner. Lost and undone before God. If holy God was standing here, you couldn't even be in his presence because he's perfect. He's holy. He's more than anything we can imagine. He won't tolerate sin, and you know that you were born into sin because your mother was a sinner and your father was a sinner. That's what the King David told us in the Psalms, and that's what God tells us in his word. Born into sin, therefore a sinner. No choice, no outcome. You can't earn your way out. You can't merit your way to heaven. You can't get a promotion. You must, listen, you must be born again, Jesus said. How can a man be born again? He said the Spirit must give birth to you. You must come to the place and say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. 
Would you forgive me of my sins and come into my life? I believe Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, just as God said in three days. God had the power to raise him from death, and he lives forevermore. Jesus really did die. Jesus really was buried in a borrowed tomb. And Jesus Christ really was raised from the dead, as he said. Amen? If you put those faith and trust into the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's God's grace. And here's the weird thing. It's God's faith as well. He loans it to you. He gives it to you on loan, saying, I'll give you enough faith to trust the word of God. You say, well, I can't. I need to touch it. I need to see it. Well, there's been many people throughout history who says, I don't believe. I need to tell you this this morning. God hasn't changed his mind or his word because you don't believe. Woe is me. You imagine God up in heaven and everybody says, I'm an atheist. I don't believe at all. I'm an agnostic. And God's going, oh, no, please, please. How will I overcome that? God says, this is it. You must be born again. And either you will do it his way or you'll go to hell. Well, that should have been a big amen for Christians, right? That's what he said. I cut to the chase. Yes, I didn't add all the other scriptures. But he's very clear. If a person is not born again, they will have two choices, right? If you're born once, you will die twice. Meaning your mama gives birth to you. You'll face the physical death. And then you'll face the lake of fire, which is eternal death. You'll face death twice. Born once, die twice. Born twice, you're going to die once. This physical body is going to die. But the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The second death of the lake of fire will never even come close to touching you. You won't be there. Isn't that amazing to think about? So when Jesus said you must be born again, what do you think he meant? Every human must be born again in order to enter to the kingdom of heaven. I am the way and the truth and the life, Jesus said of himself. No man comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6, look for yourself. Jesus was clear that he is the way. We've said it time and time again. I'll probably say it another few thousand, Lord Terry's. We do it God's way. What do we get, church? God's results. Live your life accordingly. Now, Revelation chapter 1, we're going to read just the first eight verses. We're going to dive in and move quick. I plan to, whether we get through there or not, you know, plans are, are that, just that. I plan to get through the book of Revelation in 13 weeks. Yes, I know, it took a year and a half for John. <clears throat> I'm trying. But as we go through the book of Revelation, I hope it stimulates conversation for you. I'm not going to be able to get into every detail from preaching. But I hope it stimulates ideas in your mind and you want to talk more. And we hope to have breakout coffee sessions where we can sit out and talk about the Word of God, open the Word of God, and bring to, if you would, all the specialties if we can. This is what the Greek says. The Hebrew means this. We could go in and bring all that to a coffee shop or to a, to a home nearby, and we can sit in a home group and discuss Revelation. But here's what I want you to know before we discuss anything, uh, before we actually get into and read the first word, this whole book is about urgency. It's God speaking, saying, today's the day of salvation. Hurry up, hear my message, receive my son, and be born again. This is the message of Revelation. Judgment's coming on the world. Judgment's coming for the saint. But you must now uh, believe before you die, before the judgment. Daniel spoke of it. Ezekiel spoke of it. The prophets all look forward to Jesus' coming. All prophecies point to Jesus. And even this word here, and we just sing it, and you might have sang it tongue-in-cheek, not knowing what you were singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you said what? Who was, who is, 
and he is to come. You took that straight from the text. The Revelation song comes straight from, guess what book of the Bible? This book's hard to understand, isn't it? Here's what we need to know. When people don't, we talked about it in Catalyst this morning, why don't people read the book of uh, Revelation? They're fearful of it. They don't understand it. They think it's kind of whimsical. They might think that it's fantasy. They don't read it, so therefore they just discount it and go move away. But let me tell you what's happening when you do that. You're missing, obviously, the blessing we'll talk about in just a moment. But the devil is whispering in your ear, not the devil himself, because you're a small fry and a bunched up Happy Meal. Just so you know, you're not that important to the devil, right? He's at one place at one time. He's at the White House. He's in the Middle East. He, he can only be at one place at one time. He has demons, right? And he has also your conscience. And you go, I just don't understand the Bible, therefore I don't read it. And he goes, aha, got him, got her. Because remember in the garden when he said, Eve, did God really say you should not eat of this tree, of all the trees? God won't even give you a snack. No, no, no. God said we can eat of every tree, but we can't eat of the one in the middle of the garden. Well, God knows the day you eat of that tree, you'll be just like him. Who does not want to be like God? You should, right? I, I won't tell him to aspire to that. But in his way, not in Satan's way. So in Revelation, God says there's a blessing promised to you if you'll read it. And the devil says, don't read it. You won't understand it. There's a dragon in there. And there's an evil woman in there. And there's spooky things in there. Be fearful of it and don't understand it. It's so crazy. Is it real or is it futuristic or did it happen in the past? There's all kind of people the devil sends away and says, oh, don't believe that because we believe it happened in A.D. 70. And we believe it's not really going to happen. It's just figurative language. There's some language there that's figurative, but we need to see this as we preach to the Word of God. We're not going to get buried in the, the words and not get into where do we stand? But you will have a sheet. You'll have a definition sheet. I'm going to give it to you in the service. It's going to have definitions front and back about what we believe. It's going to have an overview of the book of Revelation. And then it's going to have, if you will, each week you'll have new definitions so that you can study at home. All right. With that said, Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here we go. Revelation 1, 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I could pray right there and say the end, right? What is Revelation all about? Root word of revelation is what? Reveal. To reveal Jesus Christ. That's what revelation is about. When somebody says, hey, would you summarize the book of Revelation? You say, it's God revealing his son, Jesus Christ. The end. But there's not the end. Aren't you glad that's, that's not the end? Here we go. Which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. What did John do? who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. Prophecy means what, church? Is it talking about the past? Is prophecy, is this a, is prophecy of the past? Is the prophecy of happening right now? Even though it is happening right now. It's futuristic. It's to the future. Something that's coming to the prophecy of the future. We'll see that later. It says it more than one time. And keep those things. Blessed is he who keeps those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Church, when is the time of this being fulfilled? Short, near. The fullness of time is here. Verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, 
and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion. How long, church? Forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, or with clouds, or in clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. All the tribes or all the nations of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Finally, verse 8, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the beginning, I am the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. What's the last part of your Bible say? The Almighty, that's the God that we serve. Let me pray. Father, bless the reading of your word and the preaching today. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Well, I want to go quickly to your notes because there's so much to cover. And we want to have, I hope that we whet your appetite so that you say, I want more. And let me tell you how you get more. Put your face and eyeballs into the word of God. Turn it on podcast, listen to it, and get the word of God inside of you. Every time you get more, what's going to happen is you're going to want more. Amen? It's not like eating a steak and somebody says, hey, let's go get a steak. You ever had to eat twice? Back to back? As a pastor, it happens to me sometimes. I'll go get something to eat. Somebody says, hey, pastor, can I take you out and just get some bite to eat? Yeah, I just ate. But I know that person wants to talk, so what do we do? I just have something light, and I eat again. That's why I'm fat, and because Wendy's a good cook. So that's my, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Look in your notes. The Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We know that from the Word itself. But we also know that Paul said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen? It's God breathed. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. He said, I'm going to give it to all men, these men who wrote it down, for the, listen, it's for your good, so that you can actually do good work. You can do it God's way. God doesn't hold you to a standard that he doesn't show you how to do. God always gives you the way. He always makes the way. And he says, I'm going with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the God that we serve. Well, God reveals his son, Jesus, the Messiah, in this book. So Gentiles, non-Jews, and Jews alike, are gonna, Jesus Christ is revealed in this book. Some people say, I come to this book and I don't believe it. God hasn't changed his mind just because you don't believe. You don't have that much authority. How much authority does God have and does Jesus himself have? He said in Matthew 28, I have all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given me. And could you imagine little old you saying to God, I don't believe. It's, it's laughable if you think about it. But any of you been in that situation? I was that guy. I was a preacher's kid. I was sick of church. I didn't believe this stuff. It's mythical. What's the difference between Zeus and Jehovah? There was no difference because I had to learn U.S. history. They forced me to learn that mess. And then I had to force on Sunday and Wednesday and other special occasions to learn about a God that I could never see or believe because I didn't have a personal love relationship with him. Uh, there's stories, if we can share our stories, and we're going to be doing that shortly. We're going to be doing videos and sharing stories of how God transformed our lives or how God healed us or how God saved us. We're going to be sharing those together in the very near future. And I'm asking you, if you have a story to tell, I want you to come put your name on a list so we can actually set you up to be videotaped so the church can hear your story. Because look around, look to your left and right. Some people think you've got it all together. Some people think you've fallen apart. Only you know the true story, you and God. Amen? But you have a story to tell, and we want to share that story because everybody's story has God in it. Either God, if you're not a Christian today, God's saying, come here, listen, I'm telling you what he said is true. The way I say it might offend you, but the word of God should come to the place it offends you, but then it draws you to himself saying, hey, this is true, you must be born again. Amen? 
That's what God says. Now listen, I want you to get back to the notes. It is possible to fear the word of God if you fear the end of your life and the end of all things. That's why people are fearful of the book of Revelation. It tells us this old planet has an out-of-date, no-good-anymore date. There's a dead end to this planet. It's going to end. And people are fearful of life or losing their life, so therefore what do they do? They don't want to talk about it. Let's stay away from it. If I don't have to talk about death, we talked about it earlier in Catalyst. Look what COVID did. I love that COVID came. Not that it killed people, but COVID came and it showed people's true colors. We have seen how great God is, how powerful he is. Churches across the nation would put Jesus first and foremost. And when the government says, don't meet because you might get sick or you might die, everybody quickly ran into their houses, locked up the doors, and barred up the doors and said, I'll watch it by TV in my pajamas, maybe. And even now, people are not coming back to those churches. Churches are closing by the thousands across the nation because people are turning their backs on God. And let me tell you, they turned their backs on God long before COVID hit the earth. They had turned their backs on God. They were pretending. They were playing. They were singing the songs. They were, they were falling out in the spirit. They were doing all the things as a gimmick, as a dance, if you will, before the Lord, but not before the Lord, the Lord of this earth. They do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's people, obviously, they're truly sick, and there's people that truly can't get around. So don't hear me throw the whole baby out with the bathwater, amen? If you're sick and you have lung issues, you cannot be around those other folks. We understood that, and we understand that today. If you're sick, what should you do? Stay home. I go to the hospital. We're not minimizing sickness. We don't like what the outcome was for the disease. But I'm telling you, it's over. I was with Martin uh, this week at the VA. And uh, on Tuesday, the lady handed me and Chong a mask and said, you need to put a mask on. And I said, uh-uh. The president signed yesterday. The emergency order is over. We, the, the COVID emergency is done. And it's It's done. And she said, well, the director says you still got to wear it. I said, well, the president said you don't, and he's his boss. And you know what she said? The director's rules rule here. What was she saying? She's saying that the director of VA is, listen, no matter what the president says, and I know we don't have leadership in the White House. I understand that. He's not a leader. And you don't have to like me. I pray for him, but he's not a leader. But could you imagine a subordinate way down the chain saying, I know what the president says, but I'm not going to do it. How much greater you and you and you and you and you and those who are watching. How much greater when God says, this is how you should walk. Walk in this way. And you go, but I'm not going to do it because, and you fill in the blank. I don't like it. I don't, I don't choose to like it. I don't believe it. It's not my culture. It's not where I'm from. The Lord's not worried with any of that. He says, this is the way. Walk in it. And when he speaks here, listen, he's speaking very clearly. People don't want to talk about the book of Revelation because they don't want to talk about end things because they don't want to die. They're fearing death. Listen, if you're a Christian, you invite death. What can death do to you and me? All it is is just an Uber to heaven, amen? It's just a way to get there, right? We're not worried about it. Absent from the body, where? Present with the Lord. Who fears death? I don't want to necessarily die. Love my family, love my friends, love our church. But listen, if I die tomorrow, so be it. Come, Lord Jesus, come. If he comes or if he takes me, the one. Listen, I'm ready to go. I, aren't you ready to go, church? Listen, it, we're ready to go. Especially the sicker and the older we get, right? It gets tougher as you get older. Here's what I put in your notes. I want you to see this. Jesus is coming. Let's get prepared. Amen? How many of you, listen, I feared the book of Revelation. You know somebody who's like, ah, I don't read that because I'm afraid of it. We all do. But here's what I want you to do. As we read it together, as we go back from notes to, to the book, 
we'll see what God's Word says. God the Father gave these words to show what would soon be taking place on planet Earth. We must be alert, we must watch, and we must take care in reading Revelation just as careful as John took it, writing it. Would you agree? If he took the time to write it down, if God took the time to inspire John to write it down, we should take the time to read it and say, what does he mean? What is he saying? And what we have to do, our filter is this. Everything about the book, everything about this book is going to bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. It's going to honor the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing would be divisive. Nothing's going to take away. This is God speaking about his son. Now, I have two sons and I have a daughter. When I speak about them, guess what I say? Nice things or bad things? Well, maybe yes, both. It depends on what day it is and how they act, right? But I'm going to speak highly of my children because I love them and I want to put them first and foremost. What if they were absolutely perfect, which my kids were not and are not? But what if they were? How much more bragging could I do on them? God the Father puts forth his son who was perfect, who is God. He puts him forward and he says, listen, let me show you Jesus. And when I show you Jesus, I'm going to show you what is to come so that you know that you can actually be in him and you can either avoid certain things or it's a warning to those of you that aren't Christians that he's coming and you're going to pay that price. We know that Easter, we just celebrated that Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross, that he had actually died on the cross. He really did die. He really was buried in a borrowed tomb, and he really did rise again the third day according to the Scriptures. This is true from God's Word. He paid the price for your sins and for mine. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, what does the Bible say? Shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. Look it for yourself. God did not allow John to make mistakes when understanding and writing the revelation of Jesus Christ. There are no errors in the original manuscripts. God said it, and the men moved with their personalities and wrote it down. You can grab handfuls, and there's words here or there. When we get to the end of Revelation, someone interpreted the book of life, and, and they said, no, it should be the tree of life. And does it make a difference? Well, it does because it says he will not blot out our names from the book of life. So the book of life, obviously, uh, your name's not in the book of life until you give you a Heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He'll give you of the tree of life. We'll see that. And there is a difference. So we'll, we'll find those small human errors and why they are there. Hopefully we'll have time to explain them. But listen, overall, 99.99% of the word of God that we have today, listen, is true. And you say, well, there's any other word of God that's not true. Yeah, go read Job's friends. They gave him a bunch of untruths about God. So just because the word, the word tells you the truth, you'll find it tells you when people do wrong, it speaks truth to that. But Job's friends, God was going to strike them dead because they gave him poor wisdom or poor knowledge. They judged God and they judged Job and it was, they were wrong. God said, I'm going to kill your friends because they gave you bad advice. It was Satan who was doing the work and God allowing it. And his friend said, Job, you've sinned. Just admit your sin. And it wasn't that at all. So there is bad advice in the Bible. Don't just pop it open and read the Bible sometimes and go, I just want good wisdom from God. You might pop up into it, and Judas went and hanged himself. Does God want you to go hang yourself? No, so be careful that you don't just flippantly go through the word of God. Look now, if you would, in verse 119, he says, listen, John wrote the, the things he witnessed, the things which were, and the, which, the things which were to come. I want you to look at your notes. God issued a blessing to all who reads, hears, and obeys his word. Only this verse in the Bible says this. And your translation might say, keep his word. That means to obey it. Is there anything in the word of God that you disobey today? Have you disobeyed God one time this week? Anything that you know? Anybody told a lie? The Bible says, thou shalt not bear false witness. 
anyone gossiped about someone or complained about something that you didn't like. The Bible says don't murmur. Don't gripe and complain. It's petty. Has anyone taken something that wasn't yours? The Bible says thou shalt not steal. Has anyone talked ugly or awful about someone else? Have you used God's name in vain? All those things. If you type in OMG on your text, if you said, oh my God, or you said, Jesus Christ, you pull it out like that, you're cursing God. And he says he will not hold you guiltless. What does that mean? You say, Pastor, that's Old Testament. We ain't got to worry about all of that. Let me tell you, the moral laws of God never change. Thou shalt not steal before Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal during the Ten Commandments. And thou shalt not steal after the Ten Commandments. Guess what it means, church? You don't have to be a rocket scientist figuring this out. Thou shalt not steal because God's holy and he said so. The end. But he had to put it in writing because I'm going to take that because I want it. Listen, his word is true. And listen, we must read his word. We must hear this word of revelation, and we must keep it or obey it. You say, well, how do I obey it? Well, you won't obey it until you read it. you got to know it first, and I would encourage you, read it. Listen to it online. Let the word of God permeate your heart. Read it for yourself. And if you don't understand it, go get another translation of the Bible. Don't be one of those people that are hung on a hook that I can't understand the King James, therefore I'm not going to read it. Change, because King James is dead. It's a good word, it's a good translation, but get a translation you can understand. Imagine God saying, oh, he gets a pass. He or she doesn't understand the King James, so that's that's okay, baby. That's all right. That's not God. God is not a pacifist. He's very much God, and he says, this is the will of God. This is the word of God. Read it. Hear it. Obey it. Let's continue. Does that sound like a common theme to everything we preach from this pulpit? In the book of John, in the book of Acts, everywhere we go, the book of Jonah, every time we open the word of God, it seems like God's saying, here's my word, obey it. Why does he have to say it more than one time? Because we're brick-headed people, aren't we? Hard-headed as they come. And we want to do it, as Sinatra said, right? I did it. How? Yeah, y'all can finish the song later, right? God calls John, listen, there's a blessing for us. Do you want the blessing from God, yes or no? Then read it. Do you want the blessing of God, yes or no? Then hear it. Do you want the blessing of God, yes or no? Then obey what he says in his word. Amen. God calls John to proclaim the urgency of his message. The fullness of time is coming quickly. You say, well, that's just rhetoric to get you to make a decision. If I could force every one of you to make a decision for Christ and become a Christian today, I'd break your arm or whatever I could do to force you into it. But I want to tell you today, if I can talk you into it, some other slick guy can talk you out of it. Amen? But if God's word speaks to your heart and says, this is true from the word of God, I'm convicted. I feel something weird inside. I feel like God's saying, I'm not saved. I'm not a Christian. Listen, listen to the, your conscience. Listen to the spirit saying, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You listen and you obey because God's word said so. And then when you do, you avoid all the judgments left in this book. Christians are not going through these judgments. Yes, there's a judgment for us. It's called the, listen, for lost people, it's the great white throne judgment is what it's called. But for you and me, if you're a Christian today, it's called the judgment seat of God. You will not avoid judgment, period. Now, your sin has been judged on the cross. Amen? You don't have to, you're not sitting up there and giving account, Lord, all that stuff I did as a teenager or as a kid or as a young adult, senior adult, Jesus paid the price for that. You're going to give an account for everything that you, I told you this morning, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us it's by grace you've been saved through faith, that's the only way to be saved. 
can't work for it. Grandma can't get you into heaven. There's no amount of money. If you have a Catholic background, you can't be bought into heaven. There is no purgatory. It doesn't exist anywhere in Scripture. It's a made-up place by the Catholic Roman Catholic Church. It doesn't exist. There's heaven, and there's hell, and there's here. And while you're here, you got to make a choice. Where are you going? There is no in-between. And if you make a choice, listen, I'll put it in your notes. You'll see this. Eternity is a long time to make a wrong choice. Amen? God's not going to change eternity because you made a wrong choice, or we'd call it a bad choice. Watch and see what he says in his word. He says the time is short. The time is urgent. The time is now. The fullness of time has, it is coming. Or we would say, the old folks would say when I was, listen, time's at hand. What does it mean? If it's at hand, what does that mean? It's right here. You say, well, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus died on the cross. It could be 2,000 more. Have you looked at the news lately? Russia and China and the Middle East, everybody's collaborating to shut down the U.S. and, and they're going to end up taking over the economy of the world. They're going to beat us. China's going to beat us taking over the world before we even get through that portion of the Scripture. It's happening. Listen, it's happening in the news today. This has never happened in history the way it's happening right now. So quickly, the president of China is meeting with all the presidents of all these other countries so quickly. Am I afraid? No, I'm like, yeah, it's happening. I get to preach this right when it's happening. I get to go right through melted butter. Here we go right through it because I want you to be so scared to death that you run straight to the cross of Christ and you stand up like Superman. And listen, you go out and you share the good news of Jesus Christ because you say, look at the news. Look at the word. They're saying the same thing because Jesus is coming soon. Amen? You have the ability to preach this and teach this now. Why would you wait for terrible times? Because what happens if you're not careful, when it gets terrible in the uh, revelation, the time of the tribulation, people don't praise God, they curse God. They get mad. They say his name in vain. Let's continue. I want you to see this is pretty sweet stuff here. God calls John to proclaim the urgency of his message. Next, the triune God. What do I mean by triune God? We serve one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Bible is very clear. He, he greets the seven churches with grace and peace. Revelation deals primarily with God's judgment. This is true. But thank God for his grace and peace because he gives that to the believer. He gives that to you and me. You should be satisfied that you're saved. And it brings satisfaction, not to the point that I get into neutral. But you might have a kid or you might have a grandkid or you might have a niece or nephew. You might have a friend, a co-worker, a professor, a boss, and they're not saved. What should you do? This should motivate you to say, I've got to tell them somehow. Lord, if you open a door of opportunity, I'll share Jesus with them. And you'll see them go to the hospital, have accidents, lose their jobs, fill in the blank. God will make a way that you have the key to go in and open that door and share Jesus Christ. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, church? Why are you not proclaiming Jesus until he comes? That's your job. That's your calling. That's your responsibility. Someone told you about Jesus. Why would you keep it a secret? Well, I'll be embarrassed or I'll lose my job. So be it. There's a bunch of jobs right now available. Zeus is hiring $20 an hour. Just saw the sign out front. AGI is hiring, right? Listen, we'll give you some work to do and we'll get you food. There's people that are hiring. If you want to, afraid of losing your job, how much greater is God than your job? And why do you have your job today? He gave you the ability. He gave the place, the founder or creator of that place, to, to have a place for you to work. 
Everything you do and everything you have is from the Lord. Use it according to his abilities. Let's go quickly. Here we go. The triune God meets, he greets the seven churches. God makes much of Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and, uh, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. He does. He makes much of his son Jesus. He brags on Jesus. Today, the Bible says we shouldn't brag unless we're bragging how? The Bible says brag on Jesus. That's our job. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Y'all know the song, right? It's got really bad English in it, but we sing it, right? Because we want to tell somebody about we sing it means something to me, but then we got to not just sing it, not just say it. We got to go back and actually apply it and go tell someone about our Jesus, about the Jesus of the Bible. Well, judgments are coming, but also, church, listen, rejoicing's coming for us. Rejoicing's coming for us. Aren't you excited? You might still be a little bit nervous or unnerved, but don't be. If you're a Christian today and you know that you know that you know that you're satisfied with God, that he's given you your opportunity to receive him, which he has, and you've asked him to come into your heart and life, you should start rejoicing. Why should I know Revelation then if I'm in? So that you can tell others, don't go there. Stay away from there. This is the danger zone. This is the finale. This is the end of the Bible. This is the end of life here on earth. And listen, your choice is going to be forever. Well, God makes much of Jesus. God is for John to tell us Jesus loves us. How, how, how small is that in our preschool department? What do we sing? Jesus what? Loves me. This I know. And how do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. Why do we teach that to children? We outgrow it when we get older because we go, you don't understand me. Teenagers, we get through that rebellion time. No one understands me. No one cares. I'm the only one that does this. My parents are filling the blank, right? Who went through that? Raise your hand if you went through any of that rebellion. Raise them high. We got teenagers in the room. Raise them high. Look around. There's teenagers going through it right now. But why? I want to live my life. Maybe I'll, I'll become a Christian when I'm 22 after I've sowed my wild oats. Why don't we give that permission? You talk to grandma sometimes, they go, well, my grandson, he's saved, but he's he just sowing his wild oats. He's lost. Don't call someone who's living for the devil day by day saved. He's a lost man, woman, boy, or girl. Don't give them permission to sin. They're lost. Call the sin, sin. Call it out and say, this is against holy God. And for me and my house, we won't do this. We're going to serve the Lord. Rebellion's in all of our heart. Ask Adam and Eve. That's where it started. Well, Satan's where it started, but Adam and Eve were the human race for us. He told us Jesus loves us. He washed us from our sins in his blood, has made us a kingdom and a priest to the Father. Anybody want to put on your priestly garments today? You're going to stand before the Lord. Listen, activated as priest before the Lord. He's made you that. How does that make you feel? This is God of all creation who says, I'm calling you a kingdom of mine, and I'm calling you priests before the throne of God. You get to, and that's how God sees you today, but it's through the blood of Jesus. You don't get it on your own. You don't deserve it. You didn't merit it. It's a gift of God. That way you can't boast when you get to heaven. Well, glory, power, majesty, and dominion are his. How long, church? Forevermore, the Bible says. And we say amen, amen, because this is true. Amen? Go to your notes, watch this. I want you to see this. John emphatically stresses, listen, he says this, he screams this in verse 7. Look! Look! He's trying to get your attention. Your translation might say, behold. He's, remember when he was there baptizing? Uh, John the Baptist was, not John the Apostle. This is John the Apostle. John the Baptist was baptizing, 
And Jesus walked by, what did he say? Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist wanted to introduce you to him. John the Apostle wants to introduce you to him. And John has already seen him. He's writing this down. And John just gave him a high five. Hey, what's up, Jesus? Good to see you again, brother. He sees holy God and he falls down before him. He's going to tell you what he did when he got in his presence. He falls down as a dead man because he's overwhelmed by the holiness of God. Amen. That's true. He did. John says, look, Jesus is coming with clouds. Every eye will see him. You say, well, I don't understand how that's going to happen. When's that going to happen? We'll talk about details later, but here's what I need you to know. Every eye will see him. Your eyes. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, your eyes. Look at your other neighbor and say, your eyes. Look at your other neighbor and say, wake up. Now say, your eyes. All right. Your eyes will see him. Your eyes will see him, the word of God says. He's stressing this, y'all. All nations on earth will be overwhelmed by him and will weep because of his overpowering presence. They will realize their sin and guilt and will anticipate with fear and fear his coming judgment and wrath. Said it in Isaiah. Isaiah said it some 600 plus years before Jesus. You had Isaiah's time frame plus Jesus' time frame. You got 2,600-ish years that this has been said. It was prophesied it was going to happen. It was prophesied that he was coming. And by the way, none of this could have happened until Israel became a nation in 1947. Did y'all know that? So no, Jesus could not have returned before 1947 because he said Israel will be reestablished as a nation. The temple's got to be rebuilt. We'll see the things that have to happen. But now, listen, if you were sitting in church in 1940, you go, what? we talked about this. How, how, how? I don't, I'm just so confusing. Is the prophecy of the rebuilding of Israel or, or reestablishing of Israel does that blow your mind that it actually happened in your time, in my time? Does that blow anybody's mind? I'm saying I wasn't in the, around in the 40s, but it's in our time. And the prophecy that's going to be fulfilled is going to happen when? We're not 100% sure, but it's shortly. It could be in your time and my time. When's the rapture going to happen? If somebody tells you the date, walk away from them. They're fools, the Bible says. They don't know the day and time. But Jesus likens his return to birth pains. Right? You ever been in a, in a, a birthing room? L and D? Anybody a labor or delivery nurse? It almost sounds like hell when you walk through this place. Especially when we were in the, we were in the Army when Wendy was giving birth to Alex. Because I was here on home on leave in the Navy. She gave birth to him in an Army hospital. They had like eight women piled in those little rooms that you just pull the curtain. And you hear women cursing their husbands and going, What have you done to me? And just screaming and, and just complaints of... It was, I was freaked out. I was 20 years old going, what in the world? It, it, it was true. And then they all started having their babies at the same time. Because the doctor told Wendy, don't worry about it. He'll, he'll be here tomorrow. And it was like women were popping popcorn. There's one. Your baby's screaming. Screaming. And then, oh. Screaming. Oh, and then, eh, babies. It was crazy. It was a meal. I'm telling you, it was traumatic for me. I need counseling for it. But it happened. Alex was delivered. The doctor goes, okay, here he is. Threw him up on her stomach and walked out. He says, you want to cut the cord? I'm like, yeah. I was so dumb. I said, yes. Still traumatized from that as well. Ugh. But listen, when we, before we got there, we were home on leave. Wendy's, we're, we're visiting family here, her mama. And she goes, first baby. 
She goes, I think he's coming. So we rush to the doctor. He goes, he's not coming yet. That's Braxton Hicks. Y'all know that word? That's a curse word in our house, just for the record. So we drive back up to Fuddruckers in Augusta, and Wendy's sitting there, and she's eating the burger. She goes, ooh, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I don't care what he says. We're going back to the hospital. Went back to the hospital. She had Alex just within a couple of hours. She knew because the birth pains were increasing, and they got quicker and quicker. They kept timing them, right? Don't do that for your wife, by the way, either. And don't rub her head with a washcloth when she's giving birth. And don't let her touch your fingers. I'm just, this is free advice. Listen, she knew that she could tell that her body was changing. Jesus said, just as a woman gives birth, you'll see the birth pains coming. The contractions come quicker, quicker, quicker. Look at the news this week, church. Look at the news this week. You're going to see it's more and more coming. The birth pains, there's about to be a deliverance. And it's coming soon. Well, let's finish the notes and we'll get out of here today. Jesus is omniscient. The Alpha and the Omega, he says, he is truth. He knows all things. No one can dispute him. You say, well, I know people who stood up and they have a good articulation. They don't believe God's real. That's like somebody at the circus, right? The bulls chase. Or the rodeo. What are they called? Clowns or fools. The Bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no God. That's what the Bible says. That's what God himself says. Someone says, I don't believe there's a God. There's your sign. You got it, buddy. Right? Squeeze his nose because he's a clown. He's a fool. She's a fool. It's what God says. And we just say what God says. And it's fun to say it because we're on the winning side. Victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Jesus is omnipresent. The beginning and the end, he says, he is present everywhere. His victory will be how long, church? Forever. He had victory in the past. He has victory in the present. And he has victory forevermore. Isn't it awesome to think about? That's the God that we serve. That's the one that says he's your Savior. That's who you sang to just a few minutes ago. But then finally, he's omnipotent. The Lord which is, the Lord which was, and the which is to come, the Almighty, he has unlimited power. There's nobody who can stand. Pull a nuclear bomb. Pull jet fighters. Pull everything we create. How can that stand against a holy God with full authority? And the answer is, it cannot, they cannot, he cannot, she cannot. No matter how much you get oppressed today, no matter what you're going through today, there is nothing, there's no one, there's no created thing because he's the creator that is greater than he, not even Satan. Satan is not equal with God. He's much less than because he's a created being just like you and me. Even though he was created a, an angel, an archangel, and he sinned against God, you were created a human. Listen, he's a created being just like we are. The Almighty created him, Lucifer, and he chose to sin. The Almighty created you and the family in Adam and Eve, and we chose to sin. And today, we'll walk out of here, we'll choose to sin. We'll sin against God again. But let me tell you, every time you sin, you beat a trail as quick as you can, if you're a Christian, to the cross and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I said that. I did that today. Would you forgive me? And the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the God that we serve. That's the one that knows what you did. That's the one that was there when you did it. That's the one that heard what you said. That's the one that has the power to forgive through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's sitting, the Bible says, at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. And not even better than that, when you pray and say, Lord, I don't know how to say this, God, I did it again. What do you do? The Holy Spirit says, Lord, this is what Clint's saying. And he takes it to the throne for you.
Even when you cry, you just can't speak. You just sit there and look at the stars. You, you locked in or locked out. He speaks on your behalf. He knows your heart. That's how well he knows you. Isn't, it a good, isn't he a good God that we serve? He, yes, he is. Amen. Here's two questions and we'll finish. Are you ready for his return? Are you ready? You know that you know that you know that you're ready. It's good news if you are. It's B-A-D news if you don't, right? Wrong choice, you have eternity to pay for it yourself. Right choice, you have eternity to praise him in the presence. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's going to be awesome. And you'll do work. Don't just think you'll sit in heaven going that. Because I was bored out of my mind when I was a kid. I was hyperactive. And I heard preachers say, you're going to stand around the throne singing holy, holy. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. I'd rather go to hell. Because I went to a good singer, and I'm like, all day just doing holy, holy, holy. How many times can you holy? That's what I was, I was thinking as a kid. I didn't realize, nobody told me that, that new heaven and new earth. We're going to praise him like we do here, and then we're going to go get busy. And when you're working, if you're nailing something or you're working on a car, it can be frustrating sometimes, or you do whatever you do in your job. But guess what you can do when, you, when you're working, when you turn the wrench? Holy, 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 right? You can sing the songs we sang this morning. So it's not that you're just going to be standing there doing that over and 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 over again. Even though we'll worship it forever, you're going to be working in the new heavens and the new earth. You have a job to do. You will have something to do that God has designed for you to do. But how do you get your jobs? Well, you got to get there first. You got to get in the kingdom. And then you got to work while there's day, while you have chance right now. Some of y'all are going to be working in the barn with the horses because there's some white horses we're supposed to ride back on. And I don't know if they're kind of glorified horses or that's spiritual, but if they're real, somebody's got to, you know what? So I don't want that job, right? I want to work for the Lord and I want to be able to give back to Him, saying, Lord, you're so worthy. When we sing this morning, holy, 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 I want to sing it and mean it. And know that every chance I get, whether I'm working or whether I'm, or I'm just sitting, I get to sing that song to Him. Here's the question last question Are you headed to heaven? If you're ready for his return, that should mean that you're headed to heaven. And Jesus is very clear. There is no way to get to the Father. That's where the Father lives, by the way, in heaven. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. I'm the gatekeeper. He's the good shepherd, but he's also the gatekeeper. And you got to go through him. Simply this. God, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. God, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you forgive me of my sins? And God, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. I really truly believe that. And that he would take away my sins and make me a believer, a Christian. Would you come into my heart and life? If you ask him to do that, guess what he says, church? Yes. It's nothing like you've got to do besides believe with the faith that he gives you. He's constantly knocking on our heart's door. Will you let me in? And I'll show you something. Listen, those of us who have been lost... And born again, we can tell you, it's amazing. It's refreshing. It's joyful. It's beautiful. It's name it. It's all the good words we can say. God's given us that. And you're sitting like this going, I don't believe it. I can't make you believe it. I'm just telling you. Been there where you are. Been here where I am. Know where I'm going there. Amen? Forevermore, forevermore. It's joyful to be a Christian. It's good news. That's why it's called good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, how we thank you that we can actually praise you today. We don't be fearful of a word. You're God who loves us. First John says God is love. Jesus said God so loved the world, that's me and 
all the folks on the planet that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, Jesus, will not perish but have everlasting life. Even your judgment is judgment from love, from holiness, from righteousness. We don't fear the book of Revelation, Lord, because you gave it to us as a gift to reveal your son, Jesus Christ. We don't fear it, Lord, because you tell us if we read it and heed it and keep it, Lord, you're going to bless us. Today, Lord, I'm on my tippy toes, Lord, wanting to rejoice and shout and take off, Lord, now. But, Lord, while we wait, we work because you've got work for us to do as Christians. We don't work for our salvation, but, Lord, after we're saved, we get busy. I pray for every unbeliever here today. If someone's here has never given their heart in their life, they don't know that they know that they know that they're saved. I pray they'll do business with you and fix it, Lord, so in case you come today, Lord, they would be saved. Lord, avert all the other 21 chapters that we still have to go of what's going to happen. It's awful. The wrath of God is awful. But Father, I pray today for our Christian brothers and sisters that are here and that are watching, that, Lord, you would motivate them through your word that we have work to do while there's still day. The time is short. The time is at hand. Lord, help us be faithful to pray. Help us be faithful to study as an approved workman who's not ashamed of your word. And Lord, help us to give out the glory of God as evangelists that we would say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That you, my friend, you, my neighbor, you, my professor, you, my boss, you, my coworker, you can have eternal life if you would simply accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Father, we pray these things in the precious and the most wonderful name of Jesus for his sake. Amen.